Would you like to live in the space of infinite possibilities? Is now the time to access your magic? Welcome to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with Glenice Hughes. Join us for the next hour as we bring you the tools, techniques, and tips for you to change the impossible in your life to the possible. Now, here's your host, Glenice Hughes. Hello, and welcome to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with myself, Glenice Hughes. Thank you so much for listening in, guys. I am so, so grateful for each and every one of you. So today's show, like the last few, I think, have been uh, is inspired by this whole process of hubby and I cleaning out our home and getting ready to list. Actually, by the time you listen to this, it should be listed. And uh, yeah, what an interesting experience it has been. I wonder what it would be like for more ease and joy and glory with it all. And I'm not saying there hasn't been any. There certainly has been. And there's also been some trauma drama. There's also been some kind of really interesting energies around letting go of stuff, even stuff that is so irrelevant to my life and living. Uh, But it's been really interesting. So today's show is called, Is It Ever About the Money? And lots of this inspiration, I have to give credit to my, my sweet, fancy, potent motherfucker friend, uh, Chris, who is also one of the realtors that is uh, listing our home. And, uh, you know, in lots of conversations, him and I have the most amazing conversations. And uh, he's talked about, you know, he's a realtor, so he works with people all the time in in selling their stuff in selling you know usually things that are very important to them such as their house <laughs> maybe land whatever but that sort of stuff that we we tend to put a lot of value on but is it really like like we put the value of what it was for us or what it is for us so for us it's our you know currently it's our acreage and and the beautiful home and the beautiful land. We've lived there since 2004. That's 13 years this month. There's, you know, lots of memories. And we've always, always, like there hasn't been a day that I haven't woke up in that house. And because it's patio doors on our bedroom and then you walk into the living room, there's another set of patio doors. And like, you know, if my, if I don't look out the window when I get out of bed, I certainly look out of it by, you know, the time I walk out of the bedroom. I always feel gratitude. Like there hasn't been one day where I haven't had that for that beautiful space. So to me, to put a price on that, well, probably, I don't know, $54 million, please. (laughs) And yet, Chris says I can't charge that much. So, you know, but it really, it's just brought so much to light. And, And probably even before the listing of the house itself was when I had the center of possibilities, and some of you might not even be aware of this, this has been a few years ago now, but I actually opened up a center of possibilities in Lloydminster where I was going to have my classes and, and it was a really big open space. So it wasn't so much for one-to-ones, but much more classes. And I had a lot of, I guess what I wasn't willing to acknowledge at the time, a lot of expectations and projections 
Like if I have a center of possibility, if I have a center in Lloydminster, I'm going to have bigger classes. I'm going to have more people come out. I'm going to have blah, blah, blah. And that wasn't actually the case. In fact, what was created was the exact opposite in the sense of that was then when my international business started to, to come to life. You know, that's when I started getting invited to different countries to teach. And so, you know, eventually within, uh, you know, probably even, I don't even know, a few months, six months, who knows, of having the center, I was away more than I was home. So there were some months I wasn't even using the center. So it just became this really, you know, what the hell do I do with this place? And that was like a year and a half in. And uh, I had had some designers help me to design it. So we had bought antiques for it. I mean, not probably real antiques, but really cool antique furniture and stuff for the space. So when I did my clean out, when I, when I got out of my lease, I had, you know, I basically just everything was to be sold and so I put things out I put prices on things and one of the things that I had bought actually well three of them I should say three furniture pieces of furniture that I bought probably I paid I don't even remember but probably a thousand dollars or more for all three pieces and <laughs> as one does when I had so the one big piece that I had and I had paid I think well, probably $650 for, I don't know for sure, but probably about that. And so I did have somebody come and that was the price that I had on it when they, when I had it open to the public and somebody came in and offered me $500 and they would take it that day. Well, but I paid $650 for it. So no. And isn't that interesting? Like, I looked only at the money part of that. I didn't look at, you know, what future would I create if I sold it to them right now? Would it create the future I desire? Would it decay the future I desire? And, and there was two, the two other pieces. Now those ones, I don't remember what I paid for. And same thing, I was offered quite a bit less, well, interesting point of view. that I have that point of view, but less than what I had originally paid for them. So I said, no. So what we ended up having to do then, because I didn't sell them, was transport them home. So these three big pieces of furniture probably took three trips from Lloydminster just with only those in the vehicle. Actually, probably four because the one came in two pieces. So probably four trips. We live about, you know, 60 kilometers, half an hour drive away. So all of those drives, all of the physical moving of it to put it in our barn until now. So like, is it really ever about the money? Like what the hell wasn't I actually willing to be aware of? And not that it was wrong. I mean, I'm making it sound like I should have. It's, it's not right or wrong, but when I look at what we did then, so that, you know, transported it all home, stored it in the barn, cluttered up the barn from hubby's point of view, because he's a very organized guy. So now we've got all of these furniture sitting in the, in the barn and sat there. And since then, now, when was that? when I stopped, I think that might've been 2015. So a couple of years, it's just sat in the barn. So now we've got to clean this shit out. So we pull it out, put it in the, in the garage. I take some pictures. I put it on this uh, Vermilion site to sell stuff. 
And I was thinking of Chris at the time because he had recently shared a story of somebody who uh, he was trying to buy something from and they just kept, um, you know, say nickel and diming him or whatever you want to call that when it's like, okay, well, no, no, I'll take that. Oh, now I want this much and kind of going back and forth when it's kind of the case of the, the person who offered me 500 for that stand that I could have got $500 that day for, but instead I say no because it doesn't match what I've decided, like whatever value I put on it, which for some reason I put a value of $650 on, but really like value is only true for the person buying it. Because that person then, when I said no, and I, let's say, I don't, again, I don't remember, it was so long ago, but let's say they said 500 and I said 600. You know, that wasn't the value to them. To them, the value was 500. To me, I then added the story, oh, I'm getting screwed over, oh, I'm losing money, as if I could even lose money. Like that, again, now, <laughs> what do they say, hindsight's 2020. Now I can look at the ridiculousness of that and go, wow, I could have walked out without having to take all those extra trips, without having to store the stuff, without, so what ended up happening when I posted the pieces on uh, the Facebook page to sell them, I got $100 a piece. So I got $300 for all three pieces. Interesting, right? And, and I, like, I had some resistance. I truly had some resistance. I was like, no, I want 400. No, I want, and, and I would remember Chris's, you know, voice in my head being like, people just don't want to sell their shit. Like it's shit. If you're not using it, it's shit to you. And it was like, God damn it. That's right. Like, and I mean, I get rid of these three huge pieces that I'm not moving with me. I would never use in my home. So why not for $300? And what was so cool is that I, I got my, like I got to the space of like, yeah, that felt really yummy. Felt really yummy to go to that woman. And when they picked it up that night, oh my gosh, I've never perceived joy, or I guess probably that much joy from something inanimate going to the owner it wanted to go to or going to who it wanted to own as we talk in access we don't own every anything it all owns us you know we're the ones who has to clean it take care of it pay for it so we are actually owned by this stuff and that furniture it was so freaking cool how joyful it was about its new owner and or who it was going to own whatever the terminology is and what was even cooler was so was she like she was just tickled with it and they had just built a new home and she had the like the right spot for all three pieces to stay together and oh my gosh it was so funny so I mean we could say hey you know what Glennies it was supposed to come home with you from the center and sit for a couple of years so it could go to the right place we could do all that but ultimately what was true is I wasn't willing to sell my shit. <laughs> I wasn't willing to take less than whatever I had decided the value was. And as the seller, I can't decide what the value is. I mean, I can, <laughs> but it may not sell. And that's the difference. It's like, you know, and what I did on that, on that Facebook group was I just said, hey, you know, best reasonable offer gets these. 
And everybody's, you know, was like, oh, t- I think one of the pieces started at 25 and it was at 60 at the last, you know, time. Anyway, and it was just like, you know what? Somebody for sure is going to come pick up all three at the same time. I won't have to repost. It can get out of the garage sooner than I thought. No, we're going with that. And so just having that and, and she got to decide the value. Now, if she wanted to sell them, she could decide the value, of course, and she might have to wait a while for somebody to, to agree with that value. Or if she was like me and just said, hey, you know what, I'm happy just for it to go. I'll take what I can get, um, which I mean, that kind of sounds like a victim and I certainly don't mean it like that, but it was just like, no, I am not going to move these and store these for a few more years because I'm not getting what I've decided they should be. You know, and then of course, that's how much superior bitching of the items did I do those years ago at the center when I wouldn't sell them for that. You know, when I when it was like, no, I paid 650, I'm not taking 500. Well, guess what? A couple of years later, I took 100. So I mean, it's just it's it's interesting, and it's just made me look at so many different things, because what if it's never about the money? Like, what if it's what we've attached to it? Now, in that case, we could say, okay, well, I decided it was about the $650 and they only wanted to give me $500, but it wasn't. It was the story that I told. They're trying to screw me. They know that I'm in a predicament that they could get more from me. Like, there's this ridiculous energy of... I'm trying to get the words for it. I don't even know, but I guess that's it. You know, getting screwed over. You know, somebody just taking advantage of me. Somebody just, um, you know, if if I sell them something at $50 and they turn around and sell it for $150, then I've been screwed. Well, no. <laughs> and actually, Hubby was talking about that, about a, a guy that he knew and the guy sold uh, an old house to uh, a friend of his. And then that friend of his went in and did tons of renovations and ended up selling the house, I think, I don't know if it was for three or four times the same amount or the amount that the friend sold it to him. And the friend was pissed. Like he was so mad. Like how dare he uh, do that? And I mean, it doesn't even logically make sense, right? Because the guy took the time to do the renovations, took the money, all of that. But the person who sold it to him was so upset. And and again, does that even about the money? No, it's like he was shown that he could have done that. Now, he knew he could do that also. Like he talked about it. I remember him having those conversations of what could be done with that house. And then it just was like, no, nah, screw it. I just want to get rid of it. Um, you know, same thing with this furniture for me. I absolutely, we could have hauled it around to different antique dealers and seen and, you know, all of that. No, good Lord. Like how much that, along with all the time we've already taken into transporting and storing and all that, now I'm going to take the time to go around and talk to people about things I don't actually have information about. Like I don't have the knowledge about antiques. And and I I mean, I call them antiques, but they really weren't antiques because I think antiques have to be 100 years or older. So, I mean, they're not, they weren't truly antiques, but they were gorgeous. And, you know, so it's like, what, what is it really about? And for me, like, it's never been about $150. So when the person offered me 500 and I had 650 on there, $150 means nothing to me. 
but it was that I went into probably somebody else's reality, somebody else's universe that they're trying to screw me. They're trying to take advantage of me when I'm down or, you know, when they think I'm down. I certainly wasn't down. I was thrilled to be, um, you know, moving on from the center and, and doing more travel without that kind of like, oh my gosh, I have to pay, you know, $2,000 a month to, to not use a space. That's ridiculous. Like, I, you know, to get out of all that, I was really grateful and, uh, and just letting that all go. And yet I added that story, which kept me, you know, keeping that furniture, which is fine, but it was just really just something that I've been looking at all week with, with all of the pieces of this move. And in the next segment, we'll talk about, um, you know, the pricing of our acreage and, and that, you know, kind of, is it ever about the money? Like really looking at each piece of that for all of us, like, is it ever about the money? Like, if you truly, really, truly wanted to go and buy something, and you've probably done it, I know I have, if I really want something, I will create the money for it. Now, I used to just use my credit card <laughs> and then created the money for it afterwards, but in the last few years, that, that's just not uh, a choice that is fun for me anymore. So now it truly is about creating the money for it. And what I've found is that ever since I stopped allowing myself to use my credit card, I actually can create it a lot quicker. So it just creates a totally different energy because it's like, oh man, that, I'd love that. And, and I'm actually not one to ask for deals. Like I don't even know when it's appropriate or when it's inappropriate. Like lots of people say, oh, you know, I went to the furniture store, I bought three pieces. So I talked to them and got a better deal. And I just think in my head, like, really? You can do that at a furniture store? Uh, and it's also because money doesn't mean shit to me. So it doesn't matter if I pay $15,000 for furniture, $1,500 for furniture, $15 for furniture. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it truly doesn't. I can make it really significant like I did with not selling that piece for $150 less than I paid. But that's because I added a story. So if I didn't add the story, ever to money like I wonder what we could truly create so all of the stories that you've added to ensure that you never generate create actualize and receive all of the money that you've been asking for <sighs> we just start and create all that and return it to sender with consciousness right wrong good bad all nine pod poc shorts boys and beyonds so that is the access consciousness clearing statement uh and you can find out more information at theclearingstatement.com and the tools processes that i use in this radio show are from access consciousness and you can even go to accessconsciousness.com for more information so all right on that note we are going to head to break and we'll be right back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Close your eyes. Imagine being free of everything that limits you. What would it feel like to live from this space every day? During an infinite possibility session with Glenise, you will clear energy blocks and limitations from every area of your life so you can live beyond your wildest dreams. Sessions can be done in person, over the phone, or using Skype. Find out more online at www.glenice.net. Find out about ongoing classes and workshops as well. And read Glenice's blog 
That's www.glenice.net. G-L-E-N-Y-C-E.net. Did you know that Glenice travels the world facilitating classes, possibilities, and awesomeness? She does. From Ireland to England, across Europe to the Netherlands, and from Guatemala to Nicaragua to Mexico, and her center of possibilities in Lloydminster, Canada. There will be more places added, so find out if Glenice will be in your area. Be sure to check her schedule on www.glenice.net for more information about where Glenice will be visiting next. If you'd like Glenice to come to your area, contact her for the possibilities. www.glenice.net. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. To find out more about Glenice and our program, please visit www.glenice.net. That's G L E N Y C E.net. Now back to Living in the Magic of Possibilities. Welcome back, everybody. So we are talking about, is it ever about the money? And so with the pricing of our acreage, like we'd had it appraised a few years ago. And so here in Alberta, and and probably a lot of places actually, but Alberta um, in 2014, everything was, you know, houses were selling high and and the market was good, whatever that means. And then in later 2014, 2015, things started crashing and uh, oil really dropped and lots of people lost, lost jobs and stuff. So it's just starting to make its way up a little bit now, but certainly nowhere near where it was in 2014. So when we had our house appraised in 2014, it was appraised at $400,000. For some reason, in my world, <laughs> and if you listen to last week's radio show, you remember what that means. In my world means conclusion. Uh, I had that we did the appraisal in the downtime. So I actually thought it was worth $400,000 like today, uh, except we, it, was, it isn't because we actually did it when things were high, when things were, were up. So um, in an R area, the markets went down, you know, depending on, on where you're at, 10 to 20%. And also where we're buying has done the same. So really, it shouldn't matter. Like it shouldn't matter if I sell my house for a dollar, if the next house I'm going to buy is at the same market value, so to speak except when you add the story. Because I've got this beautiful acreage, we've been happy there all these years, it's got beautiful views, it's totally private, it's got all these things that we seeked six months to find. And in our worlds, that is worth millions and millions of dollars. For some people, to be so secluded is not a selling point. For some people, having 
you know, a, a patio door that has the sunset or the sunrise is not a selling point, you know, in the bedroom, you know, so you, for some people, they might want to put in like really blind, um, what's that called? Like sunshades or sun darkening blinds or whatever, because they maybe don't want to get up until 11 a.m. For us, we don't even have blinds on any of our windows because we don't need them. We love that. And, and hubby can actually sleep through anything. So he, it's not like he gets up with me with the sun, but he doesn't, it doesn't bother him to sleep with it all. So to look at what we would place great value on and we would pay a lot of money for is not necessarily the same thing. And with realtors, I mean, they need to look at what what has been selling, <clears throat> what's available in the area. You know, there's lots of things that they look at with it all. And so when when Chris called me last week with the price that the him and the the co-lister have kind of looked at it being my first reaction was like probably every other person's on the planet as Chris tells me was disappointment and just because we haven't officially signed the papers I'm not going to say what the listing price is in case something changes so just so you know I, I will you know you guys if you're my Facebook friend you'll see the house listing once it's listed but just it's not official so um, once the papers are signed I will I'll talk freely about it I have no problem with it but I just don't want to say anything just yet um, and so with that you know with that number it was like oh ouch ooh, no I'm not gonna list you know I had all this kind of crazy going on in my head at the time and so grateful for my sweet friend Chris because he one he works in this all the time he knows every person who lists has way more value on their place than the people buying do and they can only go off of the the market like they you know and of course they listen right and I had talked to the co-listing agent um, <laughs> and I had said to him because I'd seen a house kind of like ours had lots of similarities priced about two hundred thousand dollars more than what I would have thought and I just said to him is there something there that I don't know like I'm confused with that listing price, but I only read it on the internet. So did I miss something? Do they have a big workshop? Like what, what? And, and he just kind of had this smirk and he said, you know, sometimes we have to go with what the person selling would like it to be listed at. And I know that from experience. I mean, we've, we've um, listed before. Uh, and, you know, kind of had that crazy and not being willing to look at what is it really like, really, what what is the market willing to pay? And the, the other time when we listed our home, we weren't actually willing to sell it. So, of course, we priced it at a price that it wouldn't sell, which interesting and gosh, that's got to be frustrating for realtors, you know, especially like, you know, they, everybody's aware, no matter whether they know it or not, they're aware. So for the, the, you know, when they're listing, they've got to know the person who, you know, is saying, yes, we must list my house at 550000 And the realtor knows it wouldn't sell for a penny over three hundred and fifty. you know, that suddenly the realtor's aware that, oh, these guys don't really want to sell. 
you know, which is okay too, you know, because the realtor has choice. The realtor can say, you know what, I don't think we're going to be a good fit. Because if I'm, I'm sure you've got to get to that point, you know. Um, so yeah, it's just looking at that and going, okay. And so Chris, you know, probably spent at least a half an hour with me on the phone and really got me to look at, you know, you still have choice. And one, we didn't have to list. He didn't have a point of view whether we did or we didn't. You know, that's one of the choices. Or we could and see what was created from, from listing. And if we, even if we had an offer come in, we could still say no. You know, so it's like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Just because we're going to list doesn't mean anything other than we're going to list. And as you probably know, how much more space do we have when we have choice, when we have, you know, infinite choice laid out in front of us? So anywhere in your life where you're not willing to perceive that you have infinite choice and you don't have a good friend like Chris who will talk to you for half an hour to remind you that you do, will you just join and create all that? <laughs> right, wrong, good battle, nine putt-puck shorts, boys and beyonds. Because we truly, no matter the situation, we all have choice. We all have choice. Even if it's just the, just the choice on how we're going to be in that situation, we have choice. So all of the situations you've lied to yourself that you don't have choice, that you just have to take it, that it's just the way it has to be. Well, you destroy and uncreate it all. Right, wrong, good, bad, online, putt, box, shorts, boys, meons. And then something that Chris had shared, oh gosh, quite some time ago that kind of popped into my mind while him and I were having the conversation is that, you know, no realtor can know 100% what your house will sell for ever. No realtor can know that. So they really, they go off the market, they do research, they, you know, they do all sorts of things to get kind of the best idea, but nobody ever really knows. And so then what can happen is if it is priced low, the market will show you that because you will get multiple offers above the asking price. So you can't actually list something for less than what the value is to the person buying it. Because, I mean, I, I talked to a friend this weekend who really, 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 really wanted this boat from this person, sight unseen, just what he read about it on, it was a, it's a selling site, Kijiji here in Canada. I think like Craigslist in the, in the US and stuff, but basically it's just a buy and sell thing on the internet. And it had everything he wanted and he loved it. And so he was talking to the guy on the phone and he said, okay, I'll be there tomorrow, check in hand. And the guy said, okay, but just so you know, there's a guy coming tonight to look at it. So the value to this friend was that that, was that boat was more than what the guy was asking because he added a couple hundred dollars for the guy to keep it. So that's the value. To him. Now for me, I, don't, I wasn't looking for that sort of a boat. I'd love a pontoon boat sometime, uh, but that sort of a boat I'm not interested in. So I wouldn't have paid more and I would have actually, I don't know, for some reason, let's say I was going to put an offer in, I would have put probably half the price the guy was asking because that's what the value was to me. And that's the thing, the guy selling the boat wouldn't have to sell to me. He has choice. So he could wait for somebody like my friend to come along and go, that, that is everything I've been asking for and I will pay more than you want for it so that you will hold it until I can get there tomorrow. So 
it's the same as with selling a house or anything. The market will show you what it's at. So again, is it ever about the money? And of course, you guys know me, I talk to my things. My things aren't things. My things have energies and consciousnesses of their own. So, you know, I couldn't get a number. You know, I'd kind of play around with different numbers uh, before I got the phone call. And I couldn't get a clear read on the number uh, that the house was asking to be. And so when when Chris gave me the number, uh, once I got, you know, through the crazy, there was a real sense of relief, which I thought was really interesting because, again, it's just giving that space. And I'm also buying in the same, in a sense, in the same, maybe not the exact same market. It's a few hours away where we're looking to buy. But everybody in in Alberta, especially, and probably many other places, have, the market has went down. But it doesn't matter that it's went down. I'm not losing money. You know, and that's the really good thing. And that was one of the things Chris talked to me about is he said, you know, you could have bought that place in 2014 and now been trying to sell. And imagine me saying to you, oh, here's the listing price and it's more than your mortgage. Like, wouldn't that be something? And there's tons of people on the planet who have went through that. Everything that brings up, will you destroy and uncreate all times a godzillion? Right, wrong, good, bad, online, putfuck, shirts, boys, and beyonds. And for any of you that are in that, and you're, you're going into the, the money part, you're making it about the money, you're distracting yourself with the money, will you destroy and uncreate all that? Yeah, right, wrong, good, bad, online, putfuck, shirts, boys, and beyonds. There's actually a, a podcast I've been listening to. Hubby was listening to one. It's actually a really funny story. So he listens to this, well, many different geocaching podcasts, as he does. He was listening to it. And then one day when he went to, um, to download that, the podcast from that geocaching site, there was a different one, like a totally different name of one and everything that he downloaded from the site. And he just like, he just clicked download. So he didn't even look at it. So it started playing as he was listening. And he's like, well, this doesn't sound like, you know, the podcaster geocaching people, but he really enjoyed the podcast. It was about actually creating podcasts. <laughs> and uh, so he started listening to it and, and then went and found it and subscribed. It's called podcast by Friday is what that is called. And so he was just sharing with me tidbits that he'd listened to. So I started listening to it as I was cleaning out one of the rooms and they were talking about this book. Um, Oh gosh. Uh, Being Your Own Cash Machine or something. I don't remember the exact title. And her name was Laurel, L-O-R-A-L. And she has a site and it's called, well, she has various sites, but the one I I have been listening to is asklaurel.com. She has a podcast on there and I downloaded some of them just to listen to on the drive to the lake this weekend. And there, some of them are like only three minutes, some are 20 minutes. Like they're, they're really interesting. And it's all about basically uh, making millions, being a millionaire and really cool information. And one of the things she said was she was astounded with the people that, um, lost their homes over the years with, you know, say when the markets dropped and all of that, especially in the U S where, uh, people were allowed to have mortgages way bigger than what they could, could cover. 
Now, I don't know enough about that stuff. I've just heard people talk about that. But anyway, she said she was astounded to find out that most people only needed an additional 700 and, I don't know if it was $50, 700 and some dollars a month to be able to keep their home. That's all they needed. And she's got programs and podcasts and all sorts of things teaching you how to like make, you know, depends on what you'd like, whether it's $50 a day or a thousand or 10,000, like she's, she's like, it's, it's, it's brilliant. And so she was astounded to find that that's all that people needed a more a month. Like, I mean, that's a part-time job somewhere. That's anyway. So as I was listening to that and kind of relating it to all of this stuff, it was that it was like, because people have added the story. Because people don't look and do the math and go, okay, you know what, we can keep the home if we have, if we, you know, can bring in $750 more a month. Okay, so what part-time job, what can we sell, like, what can we do, kids, what jobs can you get, what odd jobs, you know, like, whose house could I paint? Like, there's so many things, really, if you're willing to do whatever it takes, but most people, and I don't, you know, I shouldn't. I would assume, I'm going to have to say, because I don't know for sure, but I would assume that the majority of people in that situation are stuck in the story. I shouldn't have been downsized. This recession shouldn't be happening. If this wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be here. So they're stuck in the story instead of like, oh, okay, you know what? What's it going to take to change it? Oh, we just need this much more money, more money a month? Okay, so what can I do? Oh, I might be trained as a, an IT wizard, but you know what? I'll go work at McDonald's so I can keep my house for my family. Now, maybe you can't make $750 a month working at McDonald's. I don't know, but really, like come on, 700 and some dollars a month just to keep your home. Like that, that astounded me when she talked about it on the podcast. So, and again, is it ever about the money? It's not. It's the story we tell. It's the story we tell. It's that we've put value on something. Even that, if somebody has training as, you know, in my case, I, I'm officially trained as a, a registered, well, I'm a, officially trained as a psychiatric nurse. And for years I worked as a registered psychiatric nurse. And uh, even when I was finished that and I'd started my business, it still took me, I don't remember how many years, three or four years at least, to let go of my registration, which means I was paying hundreds of dollars a year to maintain my registration to never use it. But I'd put value on it. I'd added a story. If I let go of being an RPN, a registered psychiatric nurse, then that means all of the money that I spent to go to college to be that was wasted. That's not true. That's a ridiculous story. That's how people stay in jobs they hate. So, I mean, I maybe didn't stay in a job I hated, but I certainly hung on to the title as some sort of way to define myself, to give myself value. Instead of saying, you know what, I've got value because I choose to have value. I, it's me that gets to choose my value. It's not an external thing. Different than, say, selling a house. I mean, I get to sell me. And yeah, the market still dictates. And, and I have, you know, my, my private session prices are very high compared to most a thousand dollars for an hour or 700 for an hour for half an hour so it's very high compared to most and the market will show me you know and it shows me every day and there's some people who go yes absolutely 
I value a session with Glenice that much, I will pay that and not blink an eye. And there are people who say, huh, thanks for letting me know what that price is and I sure hope one day I can pay it, but right now I've got to find somebody who, who, who you know, where the price is lower. And I love that, you know, that people actually have choice and they know, and I don't have to try to make my prices affordable for everyone. I don't have to try to fit them in to what people will pay. I get to choose it for me. Now, if I wanted to have, um, let's say, the way I used to do business, oh gosh, you know what? We have to go to break. <laughs> I just keep talking and talking. Uh, so we're going to head to break and I'll be right back with the rest of my story. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Close your eyes. Imagine being free of everything that limits you. What would it feel like to live from this space every day? During an infinite possibility session with Glenice, you will clear energy blocks and limitations from every area of your life so you can live beyond your wildest dreams. Sessions can be done in person, over the phone, or using Skype. Find out more online at www.glenice.net. Find out about ongoing classes and workshops as well. And read Glenice's blog. That's www.glenice.net. G-L-E-N-Y-C-E.net. Did you know that Glenice travels the world facilitating classes, possibilities, and awesomeness? She does. From Ireland to England, across Europe to the Netherlands, and from Guatemala to Nicaragua to Mexico, and her center of possibilities in Lloydminster, Canada. There will be more places added, so find out if Glenice will be in your area. Be sure to check her schedule on www.glenice.net for more information about where Glenice will be visiting next. If you'd like Glenice to come to your area, contact her for the possibilities. www.glenice.net have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. To find out more about Glenice and our program, please visit www.glenice.net. That's G L E N Y C E.net. Now back to Living in the Magic of Possibilities. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so we are talking about is it ever about the money? And my awareness is no. It's never about the money. It is the stories that we attach to it that stop us from actually receiving what we could. And the other thing, I didn't mention this before in the first segment, when I sold the furniture for $300, you know, and did kind of have that, that thought of, you know, losing money or this is way less than I paid, uh, I did ask 
what would it be like to receive all of the money that I paid for this back as if by magic? And just asked it. Now, we don't, it, when you ask something, it's not about going and looking for it or finding the answer or like, you know, proving to yourself that you received your ask from that way. Like, it's just truly just asking. And what, what that ask does for me is allows me to receive everything. So then when she came and picked it up, I truly did receive from her joy and from the furniture's joy of going with her. And that really, like when I asked to be paid back, it's not from the linear that it has to be money, although it can be, I'm totally cool with that too. But really it's more about the receiving of everything. And so that it amped up my level of awareness of her receiving it and what I received from her receiving it and from what I received from the furniture receiving her, like it was so joyful. It was so freaking joyful to be a part of that. So how does it get any better than that? And what else is possible? So what if it isn't ever about the money? So everywhere that you've made it about the money, will you just destroy and uncreate it all? <sighs> Return to sender with consciousness. Right, wrong, good, bad, online, fun, fuck, shorts, boys, beyonds. So speaking about money, I want to talk about um, a class that I've got coming up. It is called The Magic of Being Money. And it is based on the workbooks, Gary Douglas's, the founder of Access's workbooks the how to become money workbook and the advanced how to become money workbook so that those workbooks are so freaking amazing and I did a radio show called I think inspiration from the how to become money workbooks or something in the last I don't know if it was last week's or the week before uh, but you can go back in the in the archives and find it just brilliant, absolutely brilliant workbooks. So I've got this class coming up. It's going to be on the morning of the 29th and 30th. So this is July. Uh, I had eight spots in Sherwood Park, but those are filled. Uh, but do come uh, and join us online. You can join us. You can watch live. You can join us in you catching the, the replay, what, however. But join us because they are amazing, amazing books. And I'm so thrilled of where this class will go. Uh, so then from there, we are going to go to uh, uh, September 6th for the Access Bars class. Uh, Sweet Diane and I are going to co-facilitate that out in Ottawa. And then starting September 7th, it, I will facilitate Foundation. Then October 27th, 28th, and 29th, Vienna, Austria, Embodying Wealth and Opulence. And that will also be live streamed and translated into German. Then off to London, England, November 2nd, Foundation. Yay! Uh, and then November 24th in Calgary, Foundation. And in Maui in January and more details about that to come. Uh, yeah, that's... Anyway, we'll talk about Maui maybe on the next show or maybe the next show after that when we get things. It's kind of been up in the air and, you know, what would really like to be created there? So I'm going to talk to Sweet Kathy this weekend and see what, what magic is possible. So that is what's going on around the world with me. So let's go back to talking about, is it ever about the money? No, like imagine how much more money you could actually receive if you never added a story. Yeah, 
right? I mean, how many people price their stuff based on the story? Okay, well, I deserve this much, or I'm worth this much, or I'm not worth this much, or I don't deserve that much, or nobody could ever charge that much for this, or, you know, on and on and on. And what if you could? Like, what if you could truly look at what works for you, ask, you know, your sessions or products or whatever, ask them what they would like to be charged so people can receive from them? Like, what would truly like would it be like to be able to just choose for you and know that you can have that market? And so, oh, that was, I was saying when we ended the last uh, segment, um, you know, the way I used to run my business, what I would, I would have three or four one-to-one session days a week. So usually kind of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I would have one-to-one sessions and they would be about five to six hour days. So usually I only did four hour sessions, but it would depend how long the day was because that might be eight half hour sessions. That might be four one hour sessions. That might be a mix of it. I mean, who knows? But with time off in between and all of that, it kind of went from anywhere to, you know, five to six hours days. And so I would do that and they were always full. And if I really wanted to do that now with local people coming in person, it is unlikely that I could keep my rate at $1,000 an hour. Like that's where the market would show me that it would need to change for it. Now, I don't mean you should change your price to go with the market. That's, that's not what this part of the conversation is about. But it is to recognize, you know, for my house, if I truly desire to sell it, and that's what I said to both realtors, I said to Chris and to um, the co-realtor, I said, you know what, I want you to give me the price so it'll sell. Because the one thing that I know, looking at all the places we've been looking at, my first question to my realtor is, how many times has the price dropped? Because I want to know. Because if it, and I mean, some of them, it's, it's actually been really like, holy shit. They've dropped from like $8.99 to $8.69 to $8.49 to $8.29 to $7.99. Like that, that many times in a very short period of time. So what I, <laughs> what I always think when I hear that is, oh, I could come in really low then. Like they really want to sell or they really need to sell. I shouldn't say want to because if they wanted to, they'd have sold. They probably would have listed at $7.99 right to start with. Um, but they really need to sell. So I don't want to be that. I don't, my house does not desire that. Like it's like, no, list it so it'll sell. And if somebody would like to pay more, then hey, I'll receive that. The house will receive that. Uh, and if not, then we've priced for the market. So that's the other thing too. You know, I talk about having, you know, $1,000 sessions and I don't have the, I don't need that to come locally with three to four full session days a week. I do very, I don't do full session days at all anymore. They're just not fun for me, you know, so I might do say two or three sessions a week um, and that works for me. And sometimes I say no to them. You know, like it, it's, it's not, it's, it's just a choice. So that's the other thing too, is like, yeah, I could price my house at $54 million uh, and it will probably not sell. I mean, who knows, maybe, maybe somebody would come along and have the same value that, that hubby and I have on it and have that sort of money. Who knows what would it take? I mean, that'd be fun. And when I know I'd like to sell it, like if I suddenly wanted to do, let's say I wanted in August to do 
I don't know, 50 one-to-one sessions, I would ask some questions and possibly have a sale on them. Who knows? But that, like, I would definitely ask questions around it. So it's like really looking at that. So I know at the price that my sessions are that I'm not going to have 40 people requested a day. And I'm totally cool with that. The really cool thing is that, I mean, if you'd have told me this years ago, and you know, when I say that, but it also is about choice too. So if I wanted them local, no. But could I fill days if I was willing to have it global? Yes, of course I could. It just isn't fun for me. It just isn't what I'd, what I'd like to do. But you know, the way that I used to do business was, okay, what is their value on this? And that's how I would sell it. But when we do that, in, in, in the business sense, like in doing sessions and stuff, I just always felt like resentful and, and bored and frustrated. You know, whereas now when I'm choosing the price, because I've got all these other revenue streams coming in, when I choose that price, it's totally different. And it doesn't matter. If nobody booked another session with me for 20 years, it wouldn't actually make a difference to me financially in that sense. Like, it's not like, oh my gosh, I need sessions or I have to have this or hubby and I, you know, have to eat craft dinner for a week. No. And that, you know, whereas when I started in 2002, yeah, I really, I looked at um, the, the suggestion to me was to look at what people in the town were charging for massage. And I started doing Reiki. That was my business. So I looked at what people were charging for massage and I charged the exact same price, which was $45. So it was $45 to come for a Reiki session because that was what people were paying for massage. And that was, you know, I didn't have any of the tools of asking my business and all that sort of stuff. I also could not have... At, uh, I'm just trying to think of the way to say this that is just true. Um, back then, I wouldn't have had any confidence in myself and my capacities. So I couldn't have, even if my sessions, if I would have had the tool of asking and would have been, you know, told, you know, let's say my sessions say $60, I couldn't have done it. I just wouldn't have had the confidence. And that's okay. Like, that's what I tell people all the time. If you get a sense that your business is asking for a different price, acknowledge that and let it know, hey, I, I'm happy to choose that sometime. When I'm ready, I will choose that. Thank you for letting me know that we're there. I'm excited. And when I'm really clear, I will definitely do that. Because there's a lot of people that have upped their prices and then went back down because they upped them and nobody came. It's not because nobody's willing to pay whatever they upped them to, it's because they weren't there. They weren't willing to receive that much for a session. And that's okay, please just know for yourself, be willing to acknowledge it for you. So anywhere that you haven't been willing to acknowledge how much you're not willing to receive, will you destroy and uncreate it all? Yeah, right, wrong, good, bad, all nine, pot, box, shorts, boys and beyonds. And is it ever about the money? It's never about the money, my sweet friends, ever, 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 ever. It's about what, you know, would you like to sell it? Are you willing to sell it? I obviously wasn't willing to sell that furniture from the center. And so I told myself a story. 
it's worth more. Yeah, it's worth more to sit in my barn for a couple of years. Oh, and it's and it's a great experience. And I almost replayed that. I truly did. When I saw that offer of, you know, three hundred dollars for all three pieces, I was like, no, don't you? And Chris's voice kept going through my head. People aren't willing to sell their shit. And I'm like, oh God, I'm being one of those. I'm being one of those people. Uh, and uh, and then really looked at like, is it worth it to me to keep it? Like, what, what am I going to have to do with it? And not even me so much, but hubby, because he's the one who moved it all every time. <laughs> so then to move it out of the garage back into the barn for, say, showings and that to get a, hopefully get a better price one day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, so it just, you know, it's comical now, and I can see the bigger picture. And, and if we don't make it personal, like, what if it's not personal? I'm thinking of this house that I just, I absolutely loved. We, it was the last one hubby and I went and looked at. Um, it actually is what, well, and I think I spoke about this last week on last week's show. It's really what inspired us to clean out and get rid of everything and, and get listing our place. Um, not so much because hubby likes it, but, but because he just, you know, finally acknowledged he really needs this place to sell before he's comfortable really looking at other places and really putting in offers and stuff. And I'm look at that place and it's like, okay, I know that the value that they've put on it, they have added a story to it. I know, as soon as I walked in, I was like, no, this is not a $950,000 house. It's beautiful, it is amazing, it is freaking fabulous. But no, not 950, not where the market is right now. So I could easily and may still, who knows, whatever, you know, whatever hubby and I choose, say walk in and put an offer of, 20% less. But it wouldn't be against that person. I don't even know who owns it. And yet, that's how most of us would take it, right? Like, same as with my house. If, if we listed appropriately and somebody comes in and offers 20% less than, you know, what, what we might call market value, I would have the choice, of course, of taking that personal or going, wow, they would really like this place and maybe this is all they can afford or whatever. But, add, but, add, but adding, adding, you know, like looking at it for what is instead of adding the story. Going, oh my gosh, they just, they're such jerks, they're such jackasses, how dare they? Because I mean, the funny thing is we can just say no. I could be like, you know, somebody brings an offer like that. I'd be like, no. And no, I'm not countering. Okay, okay. I mean, I don't, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't really know all the moment. My mind wouldn't even respond to it, other than knowing that, you know, that it'd be bad samples. Um, but another friend of mine, she was saying when, I can't remember where they were buying a house, this was many years ago, and I don't know if somebody told her to do this or if uh, she just had the thought on her own, but was to write the people a letter about why they wanted the house because they couldn't afford the asking price and I don't even think they could afford close to it so they you know say they went in at 10 or 20 percent less but they wrote a letter as to what they wanted it for and they still didn't get the place but then the next thing that came along or not the next but another time same sort of situation and wrote a letter and actually got a yes based on that letter. So that was the other thing I was looking at too. You know, if, uh, if let's say we go and look at that place again and hubby's like, yeah, actually, now that our place is sold or, you know, being sold and we can, you know, feel confident about this and we go in, we offer them this and then write a letter 
and say, you know, this is what we can, this is what we can afford. Here's who we are. Here's how much we would love this place. And we would be honored if, if you agreed to that and had no real point of view about it. Like, and I don't mean no real point of view, because I mean, of course, if you're putting an offer on a house, there's something that there's a draw there for you, but not from the place of this is the only one. And that's what I was, you know, talked in, again, I think I talked about it last week, but a house like this, because the minute I say it has to be that house, then I'm in a conclusion. And what if the universe has a way better one? Like what if the universe is aware of one that is going to be even more delicious and more nurturing and have more of what we would like, but it's just not on, on the market yet or, you know, whatever it is. So it's like, you know, like what if it's like just a house like this, there's some sort of an invitation there and we don't add a story or we don't make up stories and we don't take things personally and we just check in with what works for us and what doesn't. And, and when we go to the story of, oh, now I'm losing money or they're being a jerk, what if we like stop and destroy and uncreate that and then again, look at what works. You know, that person who offered me the 500 for that case, maybe it was a personal thing. Maybe that was kind of all that they had to spend on something like that. And they wanted to gift it to, you know, somebody who meant a lot to them. I mean, there could have been the letter, in a sense, the letter uh, written. I mean, she could have just said it to me too. That might've been different. That might've taken me out of the story of, she's just trying to screw me out of my God. Whoever the hell I'm being with that point of view, right, wrong, good, bad, all nine, fuck, fuck, shorts, boys, beyonds. Because that's the other thing too, is just, you know, who am I being here? Like it never has to do with money. So who are you being? Whose story are you playing? And, and what, like, what have we made so significant about money? Like really, what have we made it? And that was the thing like with the house and all that, when, you know, kind of in my head, it was 400-ish. Um, you know, I was like, okay, what does $400,000 for a house mean to me? Like, why, why does, why would that, why would I be disappointed that it wasn't that? Like, what, what sort of story have I had to have added to be disappointed when it isn't that? That's a big story. <laughs> so looking at all of those pieces and knowing that, you know, you have infinite choice. We all have infinite choice. The minute we remember that is the minute that we can then choose to say, yes, absolutely. Let's go for it. Or Ah, you know what? No, thanks. I'm, I'm going to sit this round out. <laughs> anyway, on that note, I must go. Have a wonderful week, my sweet friends, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you again for joining us. Living in the Magic of Possibilities can be heard every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join Glenice Hughes for another edition of our program next week. Yeah.